Hello and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered. I'm Yanina Doyle. I'm Jonathan Kleeman. And I'm Charles Patrick Taylor. Oh, oh, you're not looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just rude. No, we each choose you. You're the guest. You're not host, Charles. Go back. Right. right. I'm Yanina Doyle. I'm Jonathan Kleeman. And we're here today with a very shy and timid <laughs> guest. Um, Charles. Sophie would, would you like to, do you, do you have enough confidence to introduce yourself? No. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant, Charles. It's amazing to finally have, have you on the show. Um, well, for anybody who might think that the name Charles sounds familiar, um, you had a guest appearance in episode four. four? Yeah. Episode four, and you were not invited. No, I wasn't the game crash. No, he, he literally he saw us. I literally waved at him to say, "Don't come over here." Go His away. reaction, like some kind of puppy, that's like, "Cool, I've seen a, I, I've seen a human," was to run over and immediately gate crash. My puppy, I also licked his face a little bit. He, he did. did a little bit, and then he also looked very scorned when I told him to go away. Well, True. but it's taken, you know, almost a year or so, less than a year, and you're now no, on the show. No, no, must more, be. More than a year. More than a year. It's summer last year. So it's been, it's been, well, it's been over a year. year. Anyway, um, so cheers. Um, thanks for coming on. Cheers. And uh, you've set the theme today, which we're very excited about. Yes. Well, tell us tell us about the theme. Champagne. Yeah. So, and you, Why not? Yeah. And you are also the first guest that's not only provided your own bottle. Sorry, that's that's an influence of Champagne Charlie. I just Champagne, Champagne Charlie. Charlie. Champagne Charlie. Champagne Charlie. Oh, that's done. cute. Yes. Okay. Thanks. For that. Um, you're the only guest that has brought your own bottle, but then also brought a paratif champagne to Obviously. begin with. Well, he knew you'd be late, as you are every episode. To be fair, he said five fifteen, and I got here at ten past five, and you guys were early. And what time was I here? There was champagne involved. There was five, 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 five. exactly. Yes. Said, when yeah. when you said the champagne, you arrive at least fifteen no, twenty minutes. No, okay. you apparently champagne is all important. Yeah, no, but you guys are just alcoholics. But I, I am. Wow. Um, oh, no, 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 we're professional. Professionals in wine trade. Professional drinkers. Yeah. I am looking forward to seeing how much you're going to drink all this wine. So, <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> Charles, yes. you've been in the wine industry for a little bit of time, haven't you? Fairly long time. I mean, you still look twelve, but actually. Don't call it, say that. You look like him, so. Do I look older than him? Which makes when we post pictures up, people will see. I have shaved this morning. Do you even need to shave? <laughs> do you need to shave, Chuck? I do. Oh, it's not fluffy. No, it's not. not. The real, 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 hair. real hair. Oh, good for you. Man hair. There is, there is also a funny reason about Charles is the fact that because we are both English, both sommeliers, both blonde haired, we stand out a lot in the wine trade, and therefore we get confused for each other a lot in the wine yes. trade. And, and Sophie Pichetta. And Sophie Pichetta as well, who isn't a male, but does work in wine trade, is also English, and also has the same haircut as us. Poor Sophie, us. if she even hears that you two are trying to say that she no, no. might get mistaken no, no, for no, no, you, no, no. what we, does she look like? We tag, we, tag, no, no, we tag each other on posts with the wrong names yeah. intentionally. I hope Sophie doesn't look anything like you, otherwise, God. Uh, but Poor the, Sophie. The viewers who can't see... But I'm going to show them a picture. Yeah. I well, what's what's even funny though is that Charles actually is in her dead man's shoes in the sense of she left where he currently works with Just Reading Brooks. Yeah, so Just Reading Brooks, I taken, I took her. She position. he literally took her role. So I'm literally sure every time she walked into one of her old customers, like Sophie, oh wait, you've changed. Um, you wear red trousers now, and that's about the only difference in. in no, the, these are these are. You're a, wearing pastel. Uh, pastel uh, pink. The, You've managed yeah. to spill on your crotch as well, which is quite hilarious from this point But that's still wet from the rain earlier. Uh, Thank okay. you very much. Well, how, are you, how is that the bit that's still wet from the rain? I've no idea. How are you walking? Warm. Warm there. <laughs> I don't know if our guests want to know about uh, Charles's crotch. They've only just met him. You don't know that they don't. You, you, you could find you be inundated by comments about we want to know more about Charles. Ah, uh, that's true. And guys, as I always say now, please let us know your comments. Let us know your feedback. If you want to know more about Charles's crotch, even Charles's crotch. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag Charles's 
crotch. Yeah. Are we going to do Charles's not, not, as not in Charles, Charles crotch, just Charles So Charles, crotch. Yeah. No, Charles, Charles crotch. apostrophe. No, 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 not no, 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 Crotch. Let's just okay. make it nice and simple. So any comments on that? Also any genuine serious comments on the wines you want us to talk about or what we spoke about? I'm just seeing a picture of... Oh, wow, she yes, actually she has the... She does not... I just like to say, Sophie, you don't look like the boys, but she does have a similar haircut. We do all look related, though. Okay, we'll have to try and get a photo of all of you together. Yeah. Anyway, Charles, how did you get in the industry? Come on, tell us some gossip. Um, make it interesting. How did I get in the industry? Uh, I... Grew up with wine, I suppose. Yeah. My, my dad Bad worked. <laughs> my dad worked for Wine Life for uh, Jake Sainsbury's back in the nineteen seventies. Ah, okay. Um, not very long, but I then grew up with nice wine in the house, and I was allowed to taste it. And then, at what age? Love it. Uh, like to know the first photographic evidence is dated August nineteen ninety of me drinking sherry. August 1990, and how old would you have been? Uh, Is that rude to ask? Two. Two? Yes. I love that. And in uh, fact, it was, 90... it was watered down, and on a Sunday, I was allowed watered down sherry before Sunday lunch. No, 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 you Talking of 1990, yes. you have. That's well, no, you weren't born. You were born in. Ni- no, you were two years old. Ah. Okay, yeah. No. 88, 89, 90. They so were. Was was this... 88 is not a good vintage. It's you always argue, but I have to say, one thing I will confirm is 1987, which is my vintage, oh, is terrible. That one nobody can argue with, so I'm very upset about that. It doesn't exist. Well, you have to, but you're trying to say that the vintage of champagne in 1987 did not exist, or I didn't exist, or my birth. I try to pretend you don't exist, but oh every God. week I turn up and you're still here. We're, we're still not sure. Still I mean, you're late, but you're still here. Oh, for goodness sake. Well, anyway, so 1990, you should have... Uh, oh, no, well... They wouldn't have made it yet. They wouldn't have produced it. I suppose you couldn't have drunk any. Produce Charlie or produce that? <laughs> wow. We, we need to be clearer. Are we talking about the production of champagne or the production of us? Charlie. Champagne, Charlie. Yeah. Mm. Hand in hand. Um, so, 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 okay. Two so years yes, old. You're so drinking sherry. Drink, drinking sherry too. Then got a job behind the bar when I was eighteen. Yes. Yeah, so flash, flash forward from two to eighteen. Everything else is a blank. Everything else is a bit of a blank. That's a big enough glass, thank you. Oh, John is pouring me uh, literally a bowl. That is a bowl of champagne. Just bowl of glasses. Yeah, this is true. They're very nice glasses. You oh. like to overreact a lot. I'm not overreacting. Um, yeah, so fast forward to 18, job as a bartender. Started learning more about drinks trade in general. Um, two years after that, started working for Gaucho with Phil Crozier. Oh, yeah. Learned loads and loads and loads about Argentinian wine. His passion kind of rubbed off a little bit. I decided I didn't want to be a career bartender and I wanted to move into wine. Uh, then a couple of sommelier jobs, head sommelier, debut, head sommelier, Chez Um uh, They're pulling faces. I don't know what it means. Carry wine, on. Ran a music wine shop by Liverpool Street and then finally ended up just reading Rooks on the other side of the, the table selling wine instead of buying. How could you dare betray the team? Uh, everyone that we keep on getting on these days is literally come across to this. I, I should be well, I'm half and half. It's, it's I get to sit. I used to have a horrible question. It is a natural progression. But, so I, I pretend you get old, you get past it, you well, can't keep up anymore, you go to the other side. That's what happens. You'll be at home, you wet your crotch, you yeah, don't you know why, you know, you think, I can't get some anymore. You're already eating old man trousers, so it was already a progression you were just running towards anyway. So, um, I put in, what, uh, 12 years on the other side, 
and I think that's that's not bad. And you've got exactly that. So, so, some people, some people sort of after three years think it's justification to move to the other side. Which no, it's because they're, they're getting stuck in PTSD. Well, people like us just didn't really seem to realise we had psychological problems and carried on. So shall we? Um, you poured my one, uh, my champagne first. Shall we have a little try? Which and has see? a beautiful. Well, it's a very very lovely looking bottle. It it's is. I, love, I do love the lady. It's a bottle of prosecco. Oh, oh. Shade. Ouch. Shade. Why would you say that? What is wrong with you, he's Charles? Got, he's got it does look like Just because you're a little damp on the crotch. What, come on, explain you explain yourself. It does not okay. look like the title of the podcast has changed. <laughs> <laughs> damp on the crotch. Champagne Charlie. Yeah. Champagne Charlie Champagne. Champagne. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's changed. Yeah, it's changed. Um, no, tell, explain to me what you don't like about this bottle, because I quite like it. I just don't, I, it's not, um, oh no, although it's the same bottle as um, one with the silly clip brand it that everybody goes nuts over. The silly clip. Oh, are you talking about... Um, the one where it's etched on the bottle, and it's multi-vintage. Henri Gerard. You've read the old school clip, though, aren't you? Where it's yeah, the old, yeah. The old school where it's yeah, so it's the same it's not the one who does that. It's not the only one. There's also... No, no. Um, oh, Bollinger does it for their Coast of Yeah, and, and there's some small producers who won't be able to use yeah, more of that. Yeah, but it's, it is actually the same bottle shape as Henri Girard. Okay, it's what you've done with the bottle shape. Okay, just, do you like the wine? I haven't tasted it yet. I like it. I'm gonna, whilst you're tasting it, I'm going to tell, tell everybody listening all, all about Fruity. it. So, <laughs> great tasting note. I'm going to give one yummy. John, would you like to contribute a third tasting note? Um, I actually like it very soft, quite rounded. Okay, you're actually giving a real taste of it. No, actually. I I will go into... Sorry for being sensible on the wine podcast talking about wine. Oh, gosh. So this is um, René Jolie. This is actually a grower champagne, so I'm glad that I brought it on because um, just kind of... And I'm glad because the other two... Ah, have you brought grower champagne, Charles, or not? No. No. So I wanted to... Philippinat is neither grower nor grower. Well, we'll talk... It's not grower. Well, we'll talk about the difference. I mean, there's there's about sixteen thousand growers yes. in Champagne. There may even be more now. I'm not. I don't know, but only about Most two thousand them related. Probably, um, but about related. but about two thousand of them are actually making wine. But how much? What percentage of that do you think actually comes into the UK? Do you know? I would say no more than ten percent of grower of grower Champagne. I think it's much. I mean, I don't know, but I'd say with what's happened. I mean, obviously, the amount of growers has changed. So, I just want to give a bit of background on grower Champagne. So, for many years. What you still have is you have the big 16 grand marks, who are the, the big top top swinging dicks in the champagne world. Wet and Chandon. Um, um, I said, sorry, so good champagne. Oh, and oh, oh, all right. I'm trying to, so people actually understand what we mean by yeah. the grand marks. But yeah, so, so you've got loads of big name grand marks. Moet, Bollinger, Tattinger. Exactly. But the household. So it's okay when Charles says it, but you turn me off when I say that. Everybody knows what Moet is. And by the way, for anyone, Moet. You do pronounce the T. Yes, you do. It's yeah. Flemish. Yes. Just so, so you Bollinger, know. you're actually meant to pronounce the G. So it's Bollinger. Yeah, yeah Really? German. It's German. Yeah. Most, 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 champa- most yeah. big champagne houses are actually Dutch, German. German or, yeah. yeah. Krug, Krug, German. Bollinger, German. Yeah. It does not sound good, um, does it, Bollinger? But, so besides this big 16, which is a very different kind of market champagne compared to the rest of wine market, brands are much more important. All of them, no matter how, how much whatever they say, in some way, buy from growers, so they don't all grow all the wine themselves. They, they, have, they have I don't to buy think any of none of them own all their own vineyards. No, they mean, have some. You'll hear it like Moet will say, "We own we we own more champagne land than anyone else." Yes, but you still buy more than anyone else. And then you have people like 
Um, Porridge are very open about it. They have it's all contract growing. So they have like long contracts for ten years. They work with growers for if not longer, some twenty years. Normally, the, the contract starts back fifteen. Yeah, actually, so even longer. Yeah. So they, these big contracts, these champagnes, they're always guaranteed to get these grapes. That's how it's happened. What has happened over the years is some of the top growers, uh, their kids have gone. Hang on, why am I selling grapes to this person or this person when they've got like Grand Cru vineyards? And there is a crew system uh, in Champagne, very similar to uh, Burgundy, so you have Premier No, crew. I'm not going to say it's it's similar to, because it's about villages, right? No, 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 but it's always... It, you but, mean the name? But it's exactly the same as Burgundy. No, because they are, this is only about villages. Whereas, oh, okay, okay, sorry. It, yeah. it, well, you've got the Grand Cru and the Premier Crew, within the names, that's the same as Burgundy, but we're actually talking yeah, in Champagne of... The, the, the actual Grand Cru is a whole village, okay, not, okay. So they're, they're bigger, not they're the big, site. So but, that's okay. controversial. Being, being pedantic, they're bigger areas, mm. but it's a similar system. The only way we can compare it to is Burgundy, which is you have okay. normal... To make it... Okay. Yeah, simplifying for the well, sake no, of... I would say... Ha ha! I love no, that you come in, Charles. Champagne per, Charlie. Because it's per village, yeah. it's much more akin to... If you expanded Burgundy out, that sense would be the same way. So no, Burgundy no, is separated smaller vineyards within the villages. So, yes, the difference so, you're not doing that. Bur Burgundy is classed per village. Because of site. Because, because of site and soil aspect. The same way as Burgundy. Mm. On site and soil aspect. Yes. But the way it's broken down per village is more akin to the Borderlay classification. Really? Although, so, so although, although it's, it's, who can understand so you going borderlay, which left bank, right bank, you going since video, or you going. I actually video? just think that it's very important to say there is Not a Grand Cru, there is a Premier Cru, Grand Cru is the best, but we're talking about village sites, which means, in theory, Grand Cru should be better fruit than Premier Cru, but because you're talking about a whole load of different sites, that's, that's in a village, there will be better exactly. premium that, sites that theory, than some crop. But that theory also carries over if you were talking about Burgundy. But I love that. how we try and explain it's wine, and it just makes things... But that, it is complicated champagne. in a way, isn't it? Champagne, <laughs> champagne, is the, champagne is the only wine where it is made more to a recipe. Yes, well, that's, um, that's what we're coming to. So you, so do, you, you can have the, the best site in the world, or the worst site in the world, and... Some champagnes, mostly the Grand Marc champagnes, yeah. you have sites that are Grand Cru and sites that are bottom end village level. They use all of those grapes to make their house start to make a recipe. Yeah. So, so it, depending on the house, you know, you could give certain champagne houses some grapes that aren't their best, but they have the expertise and the way you make champagne with the reserve wines, that they could turn that into really smart liquid. Yes, yeah. it wouldn't be the best release they've ever done, it is. but it would be, well, be an awful lot better yeah. than yeah, but the other argument to is understanding this method where there's so many different champagne villages and where they gather wines from. The other reason is what they do in champagne is they're masters of blending. Yeah, um, they are, and I, that's what that's what's amazing about champagne. You you've just talked the masters of blending. The fact that they actually can create something with such consistency that really does take but such the, the amazing reason they can, skill. The reason they can do that is by what they, so what they do is what's, it's, it's tipped over into ironically Bordeaux and other parts of the winemaking world is that they break down all the villages or all even the little vineyards they get their wines from and they vinify all the wines separately. So I went to Piper Heights, I think they have about three hundred tanks, smaller tanks. Three hundred smaller tanks. They're, and then a major, major tank. They're two blending tanks. A, massive, make yeah, a million litres. Yeah. 
So were you two tanks but were there five hundred thousand litres each? Whether we're part of making champagne or any sparkling wines, we're now seeing more in the UK with more reserve wine coming from in other countries yep. as well. Is building this reserve wine over years. So the difference with champagne, when we say non-vintage, it means that they are blending wine from a previous vintage. So it can be example would be Krug, who quite famously will state that so every, many. How many vintages? Uh, every vintage, every release of Krug is a blend of ten to fifteen vintages. I always thought so there's more. Okay. No, no, no. I just 15, know that they're known for loads, which is a huge so. amount. But normally, it's around about five would be an, an average for a grand well, mark. Uh, and a grower, you're looking at about two or three. For, for a grand mark, it goes anything I from think even twenty-five. I've seen written down. Yes. Yeah, so, um, who's just that? When just reading. Yeah, but you've got the rules that becomes a bit ridiculous because you only can use up to forty percent reserve anyway. And yeah, but they're still. But they can still. Laurent Perrier uses eighteen to twenty different reserve wines. Yeah. No, this is what we're talking about their, marketing. They'll have eighteen to twenty different reserve wines. They no, no, they they use eighteen to. I've I've been to the blending. Well, you know what? Like, shall, like, shall we just shall we just accept that regardless of what is actually happening, the point is they have a lot of flexibility to play around with lots of reserve juice, yeah. older vintages to create that consistency, and it's actually it's kind of cool because nobody else in the world, no other regions, but, that, you know, are doing that. Yes. So going back into the wine you have, shall we talk? Shall we talk about my wine? Well, I was trying to explain. Let's talk about wine. Is grow champagne where a lot of these growers who originally were growing fruit for these grand marks and for the bigger champagne producers realize they had fantastic fruit, probably a lot better than a lot of people around them, and so why don't I vinify the wine themselves? So we've seen a big outburst in what the last twenty years? But the last ten especially? Definitely the last ten years it's ten years especially, but the media must have started about twenty years ago because of the way that champagne's produced, of growers not doing their contracts making wine themselves and we yeah. have is we call grower champagne so grower champagne means they control all of the grapes themselves yeah. so from start to finish they are the person from, who, like from your, vineyard to bottle yeah from vineyard to bottle they're the person growing the vines growing the grapes picking the grapes and, and making the champagne and for anybody who likes the idea of this this more kind of i suppose artisanal approach you know the, the genuine people work the farmers in the vineyards if you look very closely on the label somewhere it will say r um, I, I assume pronouncing it correctly, Recolant Monipolant. Do you want well, to correct it, me? Yeah. It sounds no, no, like no, I'm saying it correct. But that's what it means. Uh, Recolant Monipolant. RM means it's a grower champagne. So this um, is a grower champagne. As a, as a little plug to somebody else, because I think we can do that. We can if plug you, away. If you want to go and taste lots of nice grower champagne, uh, go to bubble dogs. Uh, and you get a sexy little hot dog. And you get a sexy hot dog. Hot dog, in my opinion, yummy but overpriced. Grower champagne, delicious and underpriced. Exactly. So, you know what? As long as you get a vote. If you, do oh the, if you do the math there quite easily, I'd rather pay two extra pounds for a hot dog, but 20 Hell yes. Yeah, exactly. So you are definitely having a really good time in bubble dogs. So bubble that's bubble a very good place. Uh, it would make sense after this podcast. Um, now, so just just talking about Renny uh, Jolie, this is um, an, effectively a non-vintage, but it doesn't even say non-vintage on the label, or lack of label, people will see when we post this up, because they do a blend simply of 2010 and 2012. 2012 was a really good vintage. 2010, it depends on who you are, where you were. Um, so, oh, look, John, who loves to attack everything I say oh, with vintages. I was actually thinking, I'm thinking of 2010, I'm sure, actually. Uh, 10 is just a the typical kind of, one, yeah. okay, controversial, depends. But 12 was a really good vintage, so it's a nice... Great, great in Bordeaux, really good in Burgundy, too hot in Champagne. Now, it, great. 
depends how long you want to sit on the wine and how you like your Bordeaux. If you're impatient, you don't like Bordeaux. Well, anyway, so this wine, they what's quite cool about these guys, not only do they do the two, two vintages together, they leave it on the lees, which is what gives you that yeastiness and maturity for six years, which is for, for non-vintage, you have to do 15 months in champagne. For vintage, it's three years. They decided they're going to do six years. So we like that very much. Which and, gives good roundness. I think yeah, roundness. And you know what they don't do? They don't, dis- they don't take out the yeast using a glycol bath or ice or anything. They, I don't know what it is in French. It might say on the back of the bottle. But basically, they literally take out the yeast. I think it basically means flying. So they basically open oh, up and allow the yeast to fly out. With, so you, when, when, when you finish nibbling the bottle, it's... And riddling, upright. well, riddling, for anyone who doesn't know, is it's slowly a, turning... Slowly turning the bottle and moving it... Upside down. Upside down. You gently move it, then just... So yep. what, what they do is, because when you... For the second disgorgement, you add the yeast and the sugar to cause the second fermentation. You then close the bottle in 99% of cases with... 99% of cases with a crown cap like you find on beer. Mm. And when you disgorge a bottle by hand, what you do is you very carefully take the bottle out of the riddling rack and you hold it in exactly the same position. Upside down, yeah. And you have what looks Charlie like... Charlie is holding his bottle upside down to, to view this. What, what you have is... I'm going to take a photo like, of him now so it will come up, but carry on talking. What looks like a, um, like a bar blade or a bottle opener. And you... Flick the cap off and very quickly, so you, you have the bottle open like that, and you do this. You go, so you don't move the bottle open, you move the bottle, and you go bang. Boop. Yeah, like and you turn. Thing. So you hold it like that, and you go bang. So the yeast of the cap flies off, but the, the liquid stays in the bottle. Yeah, and on, for which, anyone, is how it, which is how it used to you, be. In the old days. Now, it, it, it says, a la volée. San Colasse. Now I'm probably again like wonderful French, which basically throw, means throw to the, the flying, to the flying sort of thing without ice without ice. Glass so anyway, so very artisanal. What do you guys think? I I I, I, love, actually, I really like it. I, I love the gingerbread kind of instead of it being brioche and soft and, and creamy. For me, it's a little bit more gingery. I think just because the age, you know, it's a six 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 years is a long time. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only one that comes close to that is Charles. Charles likes to get And this is not even a this. But I, I actually, I actually pref- really prefer to Charles. I think Charles Newell feels a bit over, overworked. And how much? To this, this costs yeah. forty-two pound a bottle. You can get this in. I just got this from Soho Wine Supply. Um, they are by Tottenham Court Road in London, and, and they have a website online, so you can easily get hold of this. Um, I think, I just, I love this. I think there's that real maturity of the apple. It's not vibrant. It's slightly sour, maybe a bit more baked, a little lemon curd, that, I that think gingerbread, this, this, this jasmine still, flowers. I think it's, what's really nice about this wine is the evolution is there in the sense of like gingerbread, um, more aromatic notes, but Honey the acidity is still underneath as well. Yeah. Um, it's still got some really good acidity. It's still very, it's very Moorish. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's, little, it's, it's um, quite... Short buttery note quite is... Um, red current sort of... Underpinning. I know what you mean with that. It's quite sort of. Instead of being zingy or zesty. Mm. It's almost a bit more masculine, this style of. Oh, for goodness sake, John can't handle Charles's. Small berries. What what is so funny, John? Why are you crying? I'm doing this deliberately. 
Oh, is this a thing that you guys have when you say small well, firm no, berries? No, no. I've got nothing about your small firm berries. Yeah, ah, we're taking it there. Taking it there. Um, well, anyway, what I would say as well to anyone who's never tried Brewer Champagne, moving this on, um, cheers, you two guys, um, is that actually you do tend to get very good value. Now, if we talk about the famous uh, growers like Jacques Selos well, or Ugly uh, Aurier, you obviously get... Agrapart as well as another big one. Agrapart. yeah. You are going to spend a lot of money. They've, they're really established. But for the for the typical grower Thank champagne... What happened? Fucking Jesus Christ. What are you doing now? He said famously featured in Aladdin Agrapart. The city of Agrapont. Okay. The oh, city, you must have been the city of Agrapont. I've been to the West End, see how Of course you have. Yeah, the, the city of Agrapont. Okay, okay, I see what you're doing, it's but not, still, I would, not have, I would not have even thought of that. But okay, moving on. Dad jokes, he's got plenty of them. Um, yes, I do. And, and the trousers. And the trousers. <laughs> well, either way, what I would say is the typical grower champagne, and look for the RM on the bottle if you're not sure, is generally better value. Would you guys agree? I think, in general, again, I think it's a weird one where I think that. Seven, eight years ago when you were buying them, they were blowing your socks off and they are amazing. We didn't know what was really coming at us. And now we've yeah. kind of got to the point where they are very established. Yeah. But there are still a huge amount of new ones coming through that and we don't know. And there's a bit more diversity as well with them because they don't have that same reserve stock and they're really interesting. But there's also, I've always said before, when it comes to creativity, where you're limited. So, okay, I only have three reserve wines. I've only got this. I've only got mm. good vintage. Or, you know, I've got some more amount of stock to work with. It makes people more creative. When, when, so when, when do we more. say the wines offers better value. Grow, grow, a champagne, grow a champagne is often more expensive, but what you get in the bottle is... For that price is more. Okay, so the, the, so the reason is you don't pay for the marketing. Yes. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's one thing, like, yeah. which for sort of people, if you buy default, a bottle of... We default to, to Cleman for marketing speak. Yeah, well, my hatred of it. Um, every example would always be my big hatred is was Dom Perignon, but how often do you see a marketing for Dom Perignon? Regularly. Yeah. In your life, you see it everywhere. Yeah. So you must, as a person well. who's buying that product, must go, cool, well, I'm paying for that sign, that post it, then Yeah, because it makes it you feel better, because you, as far no, as, no. as a typical consumer, no, you know that you're I'm getting saying, something special. But you have to understand when you buy that bottle, what you're, getting in the, what you're getting as juice is reduced because you're paying for marketing, you're paying for placement, you're paying for this. So if you're buying a product that has a lot of placement, any product in any market, not just wine, then you're paying for a lot of that marketing. If you buy a grower champagne, in general, you should not be paying for marketing. Though I'd also counteract that if you find some cult wines that are made of bullshit. So we've all kept that in the mind. Well, the idea I think we, we always keep on expressing with wine is it is kind of complicated, but the and more personal. you well, definitely. But the more you know, the more you can make educated decisions. Can and you? that yeah. uh, well, you can't anyway. <laughs> for those, for those of you who aren't here, I'm back watching. With a bottle of champagne. Apparently, you used to be a sommelier, but when she opens a bottle, you would. I'm sorry, was that ungraceful? Well, it wasn't 45 degrees, what, we're not what? twisting the bottle. So Why no. did you have your hand upside down? No. What? what was this? Because I'm not on show. I'm so, oh, okay, if you is were that how you jerk me. off a guy as well? Because that's quite disturbing if you do it that Well, way. come so, around yeah. my house and then you're saying, <laughs> right. Well, all anyway. hey, Apolo- got- and you know what? You can apologise to my dad because he listens to this. You can apologise to my dad right now. That should not have come after that sentence. Well, just saying. Hey, I don't come to your place of work and fuck around with you. Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, so anyway, I think we've touched on rowers. Let's talk about rose. Let's talk about rose champagne whilst you guys finish your humongous bowls of champagne. Um, oh my god, you actually you just downed it. Oh, you didn't have to down it. 
That is vulgar. That was a beautiful champagne. Oh, delicious. I'm yeah, so embarrassed to be vulgar. here with you guys. Um, so let's I'm talk about. Oh my god! And you're s- s- look at you. Let's move on to the next one. So, <laughs> John, little baby child, tell yeah, us about Bilkard Samon, your rosé that you have brought. So uh, good yeah, choice, so, by the way, for rosé. Yeah, very so, good um, choice. So I brought um, originally when Charles was talking about what we're going to do for the, the theme for the song was actually a big one between rosé or champagne. I thought we'd cover both bases, um, and actually one of my favourite favourite champagnes was out there. My favourite rosé producer, I'd probably say. Mm-hmm. Which is and, really no, no, no. John always I, reads I, from I, his phone. I, he I, reads the notes. He's, two reasons: <laughs> a because I'm dyslexic and all the names wrong, and secondly because I was get some date wrong and someone was me on there on Twitter giving me. Yeah, exactly, off. Charles. He's dyslexic, so don't. Okay. Yeah. Don't pick up Actually, so, do you know Charles. that so am I? Actually, yeah, I can't read. Go. I can't read words. Um, as you know, like people can scan a book. I read them individually, I and so I have I to read them. It's like nightmare. I can't scan words down. I get all the letters muddled up. You're similar to John then, but I have the reading dyslexia. You think I write like retard? I am absolutely not. Dyslexian people. Dyslexian. Dyslexian. I've just read that. Dyslexian people are the best because that's all three of us. Cheers to dyslexia. Yes. Boom. Can anybody say yeah? We can't write good. Actually, probably not. D Y X S L L I X. Whoever came up with the name obviously hated us. Oh my god, that's so true. I've never even thought about that. Right, read from you. Read from your phone. Don't say read. Well, we've already said it now. We don't edit this podcast, so you can't go back. Only go forward. Never look back. This has evolved so quickly. Right, let me do Janine's first. So, can you guys on reason I picked this? My name is Janina. No, is he is in asking about that? Is it is it no, Jay as in jogging or Jay as in jogging? Jay as in jogging. Yeah. The thing is that because John's severely <laughs> dyslexic, even though he's known me for such a long time, he only ever sees the name written down. So it no, doesn't do matter you, how many do times you know he can't more? say it right. Do you don't have it like stamped on your face. Whenever I talk about no, you, no, I, I do not stamp it on my face. My government this out. Whenever I talk about you, I say your name correctly. It's only when I'm around you, I say it wrong. That's so funny. It's like some inbuilt thing well, just to I, piss I you off. I'm just confused when Julia Sexton was talking about Yanina. Oh, how funny! You didn't actually know. I didn't know if she was being a little bit. Thank <laughs> <laughs> um, God this is not a video podcast. Yeah, no, so, I, so I always thought I always because obviously I just defaulted to how I read it, so I always mm. thought. No, I know it's a silly, it's a silly spelling. But, Blame the poles. But now, now I know that it is. Yeah, for jogging. Yeah, yeah, for jogging. Yeah. Then I will refer to you more of a yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> you need the yogurt. You need the yogurt. Fine. So can we can we go back to the rosé now? Yeah, we can. So, um, Pink Heart Salmon. Um, <laughs> rosé. Um, Come on, be strong. Oh get through God, this. Get through. So no, focus. People are listening. So the Pink Heart Salmon. Right. So the reason why. This was lying. So this is one of the. It will oh be in the future. God, it will be. We don't. Do you think I edit any of this? I didn't know I edit it to make sure I get all the bumps and the clicks and the noises out. That's about what I do. <laughs> I'm not actually very good at doing that either. Um, so Pink Heart Salmon. So it will be. Probably described as one of the smaller Grand Marc Champagne houses. They're probably one of the more less well known. Um, Grand Marc, classically no. But they, but they're still. I think they would probably fit into that category now. Yeah, they're, they're they, that. The, the Grand Marc Association actually no, yeah, no longer right, exists. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, so, so, well, should we call it a maison then? Because yeah. I think maison is the correct word now, which basically means the main houses. They're one of the younger. Not... They're one of the younger. See, I yeah. think. See, 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 well see. Well we, we. 
They're really? one of the, one of the younger, more well-known reputable houses, which is from the 18th century, so not as far back as 16th or 17th. Um, they Ooh, yummy. definitely become more famous for their rosé champagne. Oh. Um, but strangely, they okay, it's warm, is it? Okay, you put it back in the fridge. But they, yeah, we're sorry, we're talking about the champagne temperature while Charles, Charles is like whispering. Should I, put, should I put it back? Charles in the is fridge? doing it like professionally, and he's whispering over me while you need to say, "Yeah, just do it. Put it back in the fridge." Like, well, while Cleeman reads his little um, go speech. put it back I'm in the fridge. I'm reading this speech before the date you get. Just saying, vintage. You might like it a bit warmer, but anyway, continue, John. So there are champagne houses from about 1880, actually a formation of two different families, which was the Francis Francois Bidicart, sorry, Nicholas Francois Bidicart, and Elizabeth Samor, hence Bidicart Samor. So they were joining two old champagne houses that came together, hence they actually have a much longer history in the region. Um, as well as being specialist when it comes to rose. Um, this is, I would, for me, when it comes to rose non vintage, Bidicart Samor yeah. literally up there in the, my, my mm. top list. So many people talk about Laurent Perrier. Um, and if I'm completely honest, that's the bottle. I honestly no, think yeah, that I think it's it, the bottle is more iconic. Well, no, I, than think the also, wine. I think it's also colour, ironically, yeah. and also production level. Laurent Perrier gives the same colour as Billy Carson, if not slightly darker, ironically. Billy Carson gives you the light colour of a light rose that a lot of people seem to be obsessed with, but it gives you the deep depth of flavour of a rose of a lot yeah, darker. Yeah, it's very Provence style, isn't it? It's very yeah. salmon pale colour. No, no, I would, I would, I would say it's got more flavour than Provence. No, 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 no. I'm colour, saying the colour, yeah. and so that people can just. It is also one. It's always one of the champagne to say it has onion skin, like he's got that red mm-hmm. onion oh, skin yeah, colour. Course, it's yeah. very onion skin, not not just pale pink. Um, so when the rose is gaining great reputation, but actually the speciality is Chardonnay. Is it really? All of their top cuvées are, are blanc de blanc. Can I stop you, John? Because Charles has come back and he. Is literally holding an egg. I can't smash it. I don't even know what. what and he not only is he holding an egg, he looks really impressed with himself for holding an egg. What the hell are you doing with an egg? I just, I just thought I'd bring an egg. It, like, but what's this got to do with champagne? He's gone very farcical at this point. You literally brought an egg. No, I'm trying to take a photo of you, but the lights are because I need people to understand that you're weird. Okay, and that's you with the egg. Okay, great work. Sorry, ignoring the egg. So. Um... <laughs> Between the Majesty's two houses, also um, they did a big uh, contest back in uh, 1999. Um, they tried um, vintages from all over from all the top of Champagne houses. Yeah. Of the 150 who were actually, of, of 150 finalists who were in there for the 20th century best champagne, it was 1959 Billy Cart Salmon, or Cuvée Nicolas Francois Billy Cart, 1959, which won. Um, they do separate the houses and were separate, so. Um, Cuvée uh, Nicola Last tends to be for the white, which is the yeah. Chardonnay based, and then Elizabeth, who is the other side of the family, is always towards the rose. That's almost a weird, strange split in the family. The... Was that not Francois? Was that... No, Francois is the white. No. Elizabeth is, yeah, so. Is it Francois? Yeah, two, 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 oh, two top Cuvées. Elizabeth is the rose, which is where that side of the family comes in for the Pinot, and Francois is for the Chardonnay. The Chardonnay is always actually still the base for most of them, mm. but the Pinot is so important for making the rose. Uh, and actually, can we just touch on that as well for making rosé? In, in we've the not whole... talked about a ton of champagne making at all, we've been really bad. What? No, well, we're getting there. The well, thing is, with Europe, you, it's obviously it's entirely illegal to blend white grapes and red grapes to make rosé, except for with champagne. And... Or sparkling wine. Well, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and that is basically because at the end, with dosage, which is when they add in the kind of the sugar that they want to do, that's when very often the typical way to make champagne is that they will actually add in some red grapes and that will be how they make their, their rosy wine. And that is just an accepted and very normal way, isn't it? Yeah, which champagne. I imagine Bill Carsaman does this. 
Um, I they could. They do, they yeah, there are a few champagne houses that do sangria. There are pictures like Jack the Lost ones do sangria. For rose champagne, there are two production methods. You can make a white wine and a red wine. So you would vinify a red wine separately. And then you would add it into blends. Which is what this is. You'll be around 10% is normally to be given out. Is the maximum, but it's normally around. Five, isn't it? Five to seven percent. Really? Okay, me and Charles are deciding between five and ten. We're just we're just gonna Um, put it out there. It doesn't need to be right. Stick and fight to the death. (laughs) Um, Sort of five, seven percent. And the other one is where you create a wine with all the bricks in one go. So it's it's more natural. Method. What you, say is, what you do is you leave the, the Pinot Noir on skins for maceration, so you yes. actually get the colour through like you would with rosé yeah. normally in winemaking. It's with the Sanyin method, yes. and that's what you'd find. Do you, is, is that how you pronounce? I've always said Sanyin. Sanyin. If you're going to be looking uh, for it. Bleeding. Okay, so okay, yeah. Bleeding. Bleeding, bleeding. 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 the colour off of the skins, um, basically. And that's how rosé is normally produced. I mean, Jacks the Loss definitely do Sanyin methods. I think people um, who want to feel like they're, they're being authentic. Um, would go with that method, but the majority do it where you add it. it and more, I don't think, yeah, so I think it goes against the German method of champagne being consistent because it means. Yeah, so rosé de Sablage is where you add the red. Eric Rodez does it as well, I think, as well, because even Sanyin. if it's. Yeah, I think even, even white has some issues. A lot, a lot of. It's so a, lot of wise, the, a lot of the champagne houses and growers where they do rosé de Sanyin, mm. they publish it on the label. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the back of the label, presumably, somewhere. On the back or on the front. I mean, you do Sanyo, you're they like will actually write Sanyo. Yeah, because yeah. of course you're shouting about it. Okay. Yeah. And for it's anyone, it's that's S A I G N E E. It's considered harder to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas when you vinify a red wine, you can control. Much more if you just take off the skins quickly and you press um, lightly, yeah. Well, you can do it all your blending, aren't you? So you can only blend the scent as you need. All of the blonde marks use the Rose de Samblanche method. Uh, some of them then also release a Special red wine, a still red wine. Bollinger being one of the most famous, uh, Côte d'Enfant, yep. um, which is an amazing vineyard underneath the. But Bollinger also, unlike a Chardonnay, got only eye, which is obviously great for yeah, the Pinot Noir as well. Yeah. If anyone lots of Pinot and we and we forget if you see any still wine is made in Champagne, as just mentioned, and it would be under. It's basically uh, Coteau Champagne Noir, yeah, and that Champagne. is what is, they call um, it for still wines that are, are made in Champagne. Allowed, you are not allowed to call it Champagne because yeah. it falls outside of the, the sparkling truck. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Yeah. Coming back to this, just because otherwise we'll never get to the other one. Um, I love this. I think it's so pretty. I think it's very floral. I think there's lovely berry fruit with kind of it's, it's rose just, petals. I I I, I love it's, beautiful. It's, 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 oh, it, it, it finishes off. The blend between the tabletop and my trousers. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. Nobody well. knows that. Basically, but yes. what, what happened Charles next week and we'll go to a tailor and go, um, excuse me, can you do a shirt just in this colour to match the set? Yes. Although I did, I have just posted a photo of Instagram of my brand new glasses that are burgundy coloured and I and I thought that was you quite know, appropriate. Dulux has an app where you can take a picture of any colour and it will match the paint to it. Good for so yeah you go so for so any wine lovers they can get Dulux yeah. so paint that's quite I quite like that actually. Billicott salmon rosé paint. Actually, I love. I'm sorry. I know that you're looking like fuck off, Charles, but I actually love that. I think that's really cute. No, I love that. 
Thank you, Charles. And I actually think other people might like that. You know, if you have your favourite wine, whatever. Exactly. And you can like take that bottle colour. I just I think that's so cute. I want Sherry Wolves. I want Sherry Wolves. Sherry, yellow, sherry, yellow sherry is wolves. far too many different colours to just call them Sherry Wolves. I want my show wall to be... Going in claret red. I like the idea of blood on the walls. Um, let's, whilst we're just finishing this, what, what, okay, hang on, quickly, quick, quick tasting notes, guys, come on, I've already given you a little bit of mine, I think that actually, it's, 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 it's medium plus body, there's real texture in there, there's beautiful berry plus. fruit. I wouldn't go medium plus. No, you think it's no. a little bit lighter than that? I think it's lighter than that. I think when you taste the next one. Oh, we're going to find the real I would, I would, I would. And when, when we, against the aperitif champagne, that's medium plus. Mm, this is okay. lighter than that. Mm. This, I would say, to me is, I would say, agree is medium. Yeah. Um, okay. I would say the acidity is very lifted, though. You've yeah. Got a lot of acidity. Um, it's super fresh, which is why there's a lot of shutting the and the, It's very um, fresh. The, the acidity is high, but it's very no, no, balanced. No, no, it's delicate, though. It's not, it's not aggressive acidity. No, I'd say high acidity is. The mousse is. It's acidity you want. very smooth. Yeah, yeah, very smooth. And I think also the finish is very long. Which a lot of rose champagnes lack is the. That's a lot of them, a lot of them I, always, very... I always miss a long finish. Yeah. And I like, for me... <laughs> so, and... so you're, you're I love that your face are there. But I, what I like, well, again, you, go, you have that beautiful berry fruit. But I, for me, the, the leaves are giving you like a, a shortbready yes. skip finish. But I think, I think, with I think that it plays sweeter, well. that sweeter note that makes it, becomes, it really... It becomes berries and cream, almost meringue on the end. Mm. And I feel that the difference with this and why I always talk compared to other um, rosy champagnes is it feels delicate on the beginning. Mm -hmm. That delicateness doesn't go at all. And you're still tasting it a good 10, 20 seconds, 30 seconds after, where you're yeah. still like, you're left, I feel almost like a good perfume. It's like the attractive woman walks by with a perfume and you're left with this scent in the air that you can still smell. Yeah. And I feel that, that is a that's why as a champagne is so fantastic, because you can drink this, have a glass. If you have this as a glass and you've given to it at an event, you'll be, finish your glass and go, you should be there tasting it, you should feel there's, it. There there's, does, a it certain, there's a certain dryness on the finish. It lingers that, that, for a long time. That yeah, makes you point. want more. Right. And also this, again, we, we haven't talked about kind of food pairings, but th these kind of um, champagne, rosy champagne, are amazing with Thai food and amazing yeah. with sushi. Yeah. Sushi would be my number one with this, yeah. Um, and this really, really would be. Would it? Imagine, and again, if you had a whole load of sashimi, and then they gave you the the ginger that you're supposed to have with it. Red, stuff, red salmon I mean, tuna oh would gosh. be uh, amazing yeah. with this, and just, yeah. just in that raw form, we've got that. Well, that right, it balances that, 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 that minerality when, as well. When you have to really thinly slice wagyu. Oh, ah, good shout! Good shout. Yeah. And yeah. this would really cut through. Yeah. yeah. I think the acidity and berry fruitiness in this would be really good. It's cut the, through that fattiness, that, but then that, also that, the berries. I still feel as well too with champagne, especially rosé champagnes, you get overlooked a massive, a massive amount of food pairings. I've used a lot of rosé champagne or champagne method bar or traditional method um, wines with meat, and they actually yeah. work really well when you actually use them with the acidity. game. Because you said, yeah. also the berry notes match. It's amazing. Things like, um, like cured belly pork. Oh, it's massively underrated. Even, even, even as far as you show as far as veal, you've got a fatty cut of veal, stuff like that as well. It can actually work yeah. really well with the champagne. I, so, a few years ago, I went to Champagne and I was lucky enough to be on the Champagne Academy. You saw that back. Are you with the Champagne Academy? I was on the Champagne Academy. Oh, that's even the 16 Grand Mark club. So, I, I, did, yeah. I did, I was there for a, window, a week. <laughs> stop, stop swearing at John. People can't see. Give me a little finger. Say so, I was there for a week and I visited every, all the 16 Grand Mark houses. Okay, I am literally so jealous. So lunch and or dinner, all of them plus 
cellar tastings, Van de Clare tastings. We did a Van de Clare tasting at Berkeley Co. at 8 o'clock in the morning. Not the most enjoyable. Well, your palate is the thing. most alive in what, the being morning. Being at Berkeley Co. or tasting it? Tasting it. There wasn't ostrich with a satin in the corner of the room. It was quite disconcerting <laughs> for most of the day. What are you being taken on that trip? <laughs> That's a podcast. Yeah, we don't edit. Carry on. Um, so, like doing doing Van Clare's at Verb was hard work, but actually incredibly interesting because the, the range of wines they have access mm. to. And while I was there, people insisted on serving rosé champagne with dessert. It was always fruit, which is awful. And oh, it, just, it needs to be hard. Uh, the acidity has got right. so no, no, much no, potential okay, so, for real savoury yeah, flavours. Can, can, can I give everyone a, a lesson 101? It's something, unfortunately, W said, I fucking horrifically blamed for this, and they can come at me all they like. <laughs> is that you cannot have sweetness without sweetness. So if you have any sugar in the food, you have to have sugar in the wine. I, you, you cannot have a dry, and most modern champagnes, whole champagnes or not, Mon champagnes are dry as a bone. You cannot put a rosé champagne in with a sweet berry dessert. You end up with bitterness, and it's horrific. I, 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 I will call you out on this. Break, no, it's a fact. It's not, so, even, it's not even an argument. It's literally we can test it now. <laughs> Bring a shortbread in this wine. It will be no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying shortbread in this wine is going to work. Doesn't matter. Any sugar. Any no, because that's you can't not. Do it. That's not true. If you've got a demi-sec champagne, or you've got champagne with sweetness, it's fine. Or it's sweet, you don't the, have it. The un- you can't the have sugar with sugar. Guys, The unwritten rule is you match the... You're demi-sec, you're talking demi-sec. The R. Which is shit. Bullshit, they teach you lies. Calm down, Jonathan, now. No, just Let Champagne Charlie speak. The unwritten rule is you match the R.S. residual sugar in the wine to the dessert. Around the pounds. Around about. Yeah, so basically, like for like. Not like, like for like. like. No, I'm saying in general for wine so, pairing, you know, like for like. Um, chocolate fondant and PX. Um, mm. Meringue in the strawberries with Jurassic. So like for like. That is not always true. We. Desserts a lot of the time. It's it's harder with desserts to to play. Well, because you, you've got dessert is a balance of what you've got on the plate. If you've got fresh berries, they're going to be maybe especially in England, maybe yeah. more acidic. They're going to be sweet. Sh- champagne sits outside of the spectrum a little bit. So if you have a berry dessert, like literally just like super ripe fruit, no sugar needed, just in a bowl, it's really fresh. It's really nice. Something like. A rich vintage Pinot based champagne or a Blanc de Noir, we're going to move on to next, will actually carry well, those we'll, flavours quite nicely. We'll agree to screw on that one because unfortunately I'll find that you'll find it business after all. There are always surprise pairings. I actually, in general, agree with you, John, but I it's do just science. think it's just at the end of the day, with certain fruit dishes, champagne can carry right. through. But we'll my personal testament. opinion is we'll happily come is back into the testament that the that sparkling rosé really does well with such savoury dishes. Um, yeah. Moving yeah, on though, really I would like you to go to the fridge now. Um, don't come back with another egg or anything else as weird as the last time because it's a great egg. Thank what you for was, that. What was the egg for though? There why is no reason why you put an egg. 
Why? Why not? I mean, that's I feel like why right, we're just reading books with a sensible environment. I thought we'd actually have a sensible guest. No, you didn't. You I'm invited changing. Charles on the show. I'm that changing was changing perceptions, not Mazda. Is it Mazda? I don't know, but go get go get your Blanc de Noir. It's not cooked, so don't break it. <laughs> now I'm turning more though. God, and now you know, Aunt John. You're dirty, Charles, go get the wine. There we go. John, John, what do you think about this? I mean, we've, we're being told off by the guest. He introduced himself. We're well, getting we, told off. Yeah, he's we bringing in no, no, we, we knew his liability because we let him come on. He came on when he was meant to come on. Like, I was waving him away and he came on the show. I should, we should know we, we, we gave him permission too openly, didn't we, in the beginning? Maybe we should have created... I told him to go away. We should have... Yeah, but we should I have... I signalled very much go away. We should have created more rules. Okay, I'm um, going to... Let's talk about something whilst that... So everybody... What is fruit to Sensible trousers don't make sensible people. Yeah, he definitely doesn't yeah. work. Oh, well, I, don't, I wouldn't call them sensible. They're well, normally they're really colourful. Yeah. Colourful. Um, grape varieties, for anybody who um, is not aware, the typical three... I'm going to challenge John in a second and see how many of the others he knows. There's actually seven varieties allowed in Champagne, but... The three that are used, and we're talking about 99% planted in Champagne. There's are, legal, the legal stipulation we can't plant any more of the new ones beyond what they're already planted. Of course, so basically, we're talking 99% of all varieties are Chardonnay, which is the one white wine, Pinot Noir, which is red, and Pinot Meunier, also known as just Meunier, which is red. Now, there are four others, and literally... Avonet, Pinot Blanc, there's two others. Arban. Arban, sorry. You're thinking about the Grand Cru. Exactly, so Arban. There's Arban, there's Pinot Blanc under a different name. Pinot Blanc, yeah, Pinot Blanc is Pinot Blanc. two others, one is actually Pinot Gris by different name. Pinot Gris, yes, no, Pinot Gris by the same name. more. Yeah. It's Matt, no, it begins with M. No, no, nearly, but no, because it begins with P. Can't think of the last one, go on. You've been reading it, it's pretty sure you've already been Oh, that was beautifully opened. It's like a lady farting. <laughs> exactly how you're supposed to open hey, trouble. Hey, that's sexist. Men can fart that way if they want. <laughs> they cannot fart that way. Okay. I have never once heard any of you guys fart Sorry, no, like that. It's, 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 Although he's he's actually, he's fucked it. We, <laughs> said, we said he did it good and now it's like fizzing <laughs> over the edge and creating little too many lips. I'm just looking at all the jumps in our speech for this. Oh, God. Um, I think this is why it was a control song. The last uh, one is a Petit Mesier. Uh, yeah, Petit, Petit Mesier. Yeah, which, you know, Petit Mesier is a blend of, a, not a blend, sorry, a crossing originally of, um, oh God, no, can I pronounce Mes- it? No, Gouet Mes- Blanc, which is also the mother of Chardonnay. Yep. Um, with Sauvignon. So anyone That's actually, with Pinot Noir, it's Petit Mesier and Pinot Noir made Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah. Pinot Noir and uh, Gouet Blanc made Chardonnay, a crossing, and then Gouet Blanc, the same grape with Sauvignon, which is known in Jura, made Petit Meslier. So, so great acidity, which is why it ended Pinot up Pinot Blanc used to be the most planted grape in Champagne up until a very certain point. Apparently, yeah, and these older varieties really were, well, much more planted in general. I didn't know that Pinot Blanc was the number it was, one. It was, number, really... it was definitely number one, much higher. It was, it was the main donor white, definitely. Pinot Noir, obviously, if you don't know, it's actually a mutation of Pinot Blanc, mm. same as Pinot Gris. They're well, actually Pinot not product. <laughs> product. You're so you are very you're, fussy you're, and mutate like crazy. You're only allowed six clones of Pinot Noir in a champagne. Yes. That would be correct. Interesting. Pinot. I don't know how. I don't well, know how. I do not know how. There's so many more, more, but I don't know how many are planted in Champagne. Yeah, what? Only, only six Four, no, fourteen permitted in Champagne. Six you're allowed to have on variety in your vineyard, I think, and I think there's a lot yeah, more. Fourteen planted in the world. There's somewhere, somewhere, probably in hundreds of Pinot now. Must be. 
I, I, I mean, they call them like, it mutates they call like crazy. Clone There's definitely clone, more. They're, clone, they're, they're done by numbers now. They're yeah. Seven, seven, yeah. seven, and all this kind well, of come stuff. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Yeah, Bergen. Well, yeah, if one's been sent into seven, there's got to be at least more. <laughs> Can we, uh, so what wine have you brought? Ah, so let's talk vintage okay. for the end so of what, this. Okay, so let's do, before, before everybody tuned in, yeah. we, we cracked a bottle of fizz. Mm-hmm. We did, we had a little aperitif that we didn't even talk about. Parity. Uh, so we have... Sorry, I was going to say, by the way, Charles is quite funny. He works for Justine Brooks and they've quite kindly um, hosted us today for the podcast. We're in their so beautiful our, dining room, a lovely old three, townhouse in St. James. Three stories above St. James, um, looking out through a beautiful window at a Japanese restaurant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spoiling the deal, I'm sure that happened, I'm happy about it. Um, and so our aperitif champagne was a 250th edition of just reading brooks champagne because they have a lot and of really own. delicious crisp, crisp green apples yeah, lovely citrusy easy yeah. drinking two, two, so we do a, there's a standard cuvee bowl which is a bit crisper mm-hmm. 250 is up near 11 grams dose up so it's quite a rich a little rounder style uh, so what we're doing now is we're looking at Blanc de Noir Extra Brut 2012. And Extra Brut, for anybody who doesn't know sugar terms, is less than Brut. So you have the... Zero Desire. Well, Zero Desire, or known as Nature, Natural, which is zero, which is becoming a lot more fashionable. My favourite one, Brut Sauvage. Ooh. But that's becoming that, and the growers, growers are often going. It, well, now is climate change, and it's getting warmer. It's actually becoming more fashionable, more more easy to do. Extra brut is zero to um, six, six grams of residual sugar, Most and then of around zero because as well. Then brut, which is generally my favourite, is zero to twelve grams. But again, whereas back in the past it was much more twelve grams were mu- was much more normal. Again, even that brute, even though they can have up to 12 grams, that's getting much lower as well, isn't it? So um, as, as the climate gets warmer, grapes, grapes are getting... Get riper, more grapes, sugar. Ripe, yeah. Ripe, yes. ripe, ripe, ripe. Grapes are getting riper. <laughs> grapes are getting riper. Um, so all of the Philippina vintage champagne... Ooh. Goodness me, do you know what? All that sparkle just literally went up my nose like a unicorn shooting in there. Sh- unicorn just shot into my nostrils. Did unicorns shoot in your nostrils? <laughs> I'm just saying. That's want... a, it's a quote to live and die by. That was wonderful. I mean, it was overpowering, but it was also <laughs> quite exciting. So if you could Over... check if you are listening, there was a unicorn in the building and you missed it. And it overpowered. I loved and it, over... it. It shot so hard it went into my nostrils. No. I love vintage champagne for two okay. reasons. So, okay, you tell us. Go, 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 go. Uh, so, you know it's legal. That, all, of their, all of their vintage champagne comes in at 4.5 grams. Okay. Dosage. Yep. Uh, so, Good it's 4.5 grams per litre, so it's 3.8 grams of sugar per bottle, if you want to break it down into to the mathematical equation. Um, Blanc de, sorry, who put you in He can count. I'm carry really on, ca- carry on, Champagne Charlie. Um, uh, this is Blanc de Noir, so it's 100% Pinot Noir. Could Nats. be, could be Mounier for other people if they just, uh, just could be, it could be, be, be Mounier. But, but for vintage, I would imagine no one's really using Mounier because it is considered as the the kind of workhorse grape. Yeah, yeah. Right. Really so specialist artisan producer. Philip and Alahouse is always Pinot Noir heavy. 
Okay. Um, they make, they do make uh, a Blanc Blanc called Grand Blanc, but in tiny, tiny amounts. Mm. And their, their stalwart is Pinot Noir. 2012 is their latest release of Blanc de Noir mm-hmm. as a vintage. They also do, I mean, their standard cuvées are Pinot Noir heavy to about 60 or 70% generally. Are they are these guys then, if they're Pinot Noir heavy, I mean, actually, my my uh, uh, champagne is from the Cote de Bar, down yeah. in the far, far, far south of Champagne. Ironically, wasn't Pinot Noir heavy, but they generally grow more Pinot Noir in general. The other place is Montagne de Reim, which is yeah. Pinot Noir heavy. So this are these is, guys in either of those more, regions? I can never say, I, I apologise for my... Well, we're all British. Uh, but Marcy's your eye. Marcy's eye. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which actually, well, that's controversial because it's considered a Grand Cru and um, Montagne de Reim likes to say it's part of them, but actually it's right on the river uh, Marne and so officially, apparently, it's part of uh, Valle de la Marne. Well, no, Marcy de Reim is also the same place as Bigar Summer. So yeah, so, so, so Marcy de Reim, so, so where, where, where Philippinat is, is on, there is a beautiful hill that goes mm. up. And so their top cuvee is Claude Gouas. Uh-huh. Which is. Which we didn't get today, apparently, which was worth it. Really we weren't well behaved enough to um, have that. Which is one very special vineyard at the top, which then is split into four different plots mm-hmm. as well. Um, but so. Blanc de Noir 2012 is all fruit from Moxidai. Okay. And is about mostly. 90% Grand Cru. And Great. 2012, we already mentioned from, from my one. Great vintage. Yes, yeah, so they, they don't release this every year. Uh, 2012 is the latest. Uh, the one before that that we had was 2009. This, this is still really young, so it hasn't got that kind of any of that kind of tertiary notes. It hasn't there's gone too honeyed. Sexy, it yeah. hasn't gone, yeah, it hasn't gone too savoury. It's a deep on the nose. But, well, you, no, but that's a good thing because it means it's going to age well as well. Yeah. It's, when, not, when, it's not negative. It's got all that is, lovely berry fruit, that red berry fruit in the background. This is easily... Has, no, you don't think so. See, for me, absolutely, instead of it being, it, what you're going to try and t- say, tell me that this is citrusy or well, this is floral, because I don't think so at no, all. I think, this it's is more, I think it's more... Rounded. Apple, I think it's more... You think it's apple-y? The nose, I don't. The nose and the palate on this wine are very, very different. I don't think this is apple also, also, it does open up. With time. Massively in the glass. So the nose is very zippy, fresh, green apple acidity. Oh, I don't Acidity, yes. Whereas the palate goes into a slightly fleshier, apricots, peachier Mm -hmm. nose. That I would agree. I still don't smell green apples. I really the city does me off. I'd say my difference between berries is the colour and the flavour profile. I get quite this uh, almost like uncooked dough, but at the same time with a, a real toastiness at the same time. No, so it's very contrasting. Yeah, no, I but I find it's that more, it, there is that more um, savoury character rather than it being kind of fruit driven. The toastiness is weightier. very mellow as well. Do you, it's very do you not mellow get like a just crushed, like berry. Already said the berries. Um, no, on the nose. Though. On the nose. That's yeah. that's what I was talking about. No, no green apple for me. No apple at all. No, not at all. 
So, you're fucking mad. Do you think? Uh, <laughs> well, sorry, Champagne so, Charlie says okay. the same as me. Have you ever been to Cornwall and picked cider apples? Yes. Okay. And they're, they're the mm, big. I know what you're going to say. And it, you, you can't eat them because well, they're, well, they're, well, they're so, so sour. Yeah. And that's okay. If you, if you press those apples, a cooking apple. When we talk that about that, is what that smells like. It's a, a big point. We talk about flavors of it. Insensible, you know, ingredients versus. But when you define what a green apple is, are you talking about a green apple in Tesco's, which? I'm completely honest, is not what a green apple actually should taste or smell like. Or do you mean a green apple that's grown somewhere naturally and properly how it should? I think, that, again, the Devon example is a really great example. Cider apples are very different to other apples in general, right? Yeah. You can make cider from any apples, but proper cider apples are more intense and more flavorsome. And this is definitely what cider really, really tannic. And I think this is a great example of this is cider apple. It's got yeah. tannin, yeah. it's got mm-hmm. intensity, it's got acidity. It's got tannin as yeah. well. But when I'm thinking about apple, I'm thinking about white apples, which is what you're talking about. I think also what you need to say is saying green apples is not green apples. You're saying, John, I agree with what you're saying. No, I'm I'm trying trying to bridge the the Granny Smith. It's not a Granny Smith. But but even Granny Smith, we even either had actual real, you say real Granny Smith, where they're grown and where they're left right. Mm-hmm. It's so different to what you buy in supermarkets. So I understand what you were saying. Yeah. You were saying the generic smell of it is a horrible world we live in now, where the generic smells of a lot of produce are not actually what they actually smell or taste like. But I agree with you as well with the weight. We're now talking, we are talking medium plus in comparison to the other. Can I just ask prices? Because um, we're coming to the end of the podcast oh, yeah, yeah. now. Price. We didn't talk about Ville Cut Salmon. Unfortunately, none of these are nice. None of these are good, good pricing. Well, mine was good pricing. What was the Ville Cut Salmon raising? How much would people pay for Ville Cut Salmon? You're looking around 65, 68 pounds, and you can get it to us in seller.co.uk. Of course. Well, like of course. Um, and retail, Charles? Retail, yes, retail, retail. And can you, you don't, you haven't looked up your retail in advance? Charlie will make rates. If he's nice to Charlie, he'll give you a good price. Forty-two pounds, which is which I really do think shows again. If you're clever with your grower champagnes, I would say I'd say price price quality in terms of just looking at the wine. Yeah, I mean obviously. I think Charlie's probably know it is. I'm going to I'm going to tell you retail. Have you actually found out the retail yet? I don't work on. He's trying to work on bond. He's working bond and prices. Yeah, and can. See if you can find something online where people can actually buy this uh, lovely... Well, you, you can buy it straight from the website. Okay, well then tell us how much... From, so from Justerini's, you can buy this, 2012. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking for the price. He's he cut... around a bound, exactly. Well, he's working it out, isn't give you a few pounds. Can I just say as well, uh, one interesting bit of news that I am just going to finish off with as we, as we sum up the pricing... Um, someone from the CIBC, which is based effectively the, the committee, the Champagne Committee, um, was 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 having a little chat on another podcast, and um, he said that with climate change, what the in, most interesting bit of news, which is kind of going on, is they're actually looking at making more crossings. So, for instance, we already mentioned that um, Petit Meslier is actually a crossing of uh, Savignon. So maybe crossing uh, Chardonnay. You know, well, they're place. basically they want to, they don't want to take they don't want to take grapes from other areas and grow them in Champagne because they feel that's not true to the fact that Champagne is called client. Look at you two. He's getting it. Um, you, they, they don't, they don't want to plant place, things from Languedoc, like whatever. They feel like they want to stick with Champagne varieties because, you know, the cool climate. We're talking 49 degrees latitude. Apart from England, this 45 is... Quid. 45 pounds. 45 pounds. About 45 No. I don't believe you, actually. Okay. You we will... 
Yeah. Well, it it would I would assume so. Anyway, if we if if this is I wrong, okay, please we'll, look on the Instagram I'll check notes. I think that I think that Charlie's talking to the shit now, so you can, uh, can actually find that price online. But we'll, we'll find well, it. So it is. What cost price? That's what twenty two pound roll. It's two hundred and twenty five pounds for six in bond. In bond. Right. What is it out of bond? Per six. For six. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Mm-hmm. Whilst you're working out the things, I'm just going to finish off my story, if that's okay. That's Which is that... Stop, can you be quiet, guys? You talk to each other silently. So basically, they want it, but the fact that this is, the champagne is at 49 degrees latitude, which apart from England is literally the highest kind of um, latitude. It's super, super cool climate. They want to keep, you know, with the, with the varieties that will grow best. So they're looking at crossing all these kind of different varieties and creating um, new types of grapes that will deal with the hotter climates and with good acidity. So that is something that is happening in Champagne. So that's a little bit of wine news. Now, have you guys actually worked it out the pricing? It's 2.30 in bond. Who knows what they're doing? I am going to let these guys argue right now. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will put the information. You can find us at on Instagram at unfiltered, <laughs> unfiltered peacards. I will write the information to contact us. Uh, I can't believe that they are arguing. I will write the information underneath on our um, any podcast app that you're listening to, and we'll see you again for another episode. Will we? Yeah, we will. We'll let these guys finish. Thanks for listening, guys. Lovely. See you next time. Yep, yeah, and bye. bye.